The following podcast is a deep, shallow dive production. Okay, let's go. Between 1917 and 1948, Britain controlled the area of the Middle East, then known as Palestine. This chapter of history was to have a profound effect on both Arabs and Jews. Everybody, happy Friday, December 8th. Okay, it is finally time. Today I am going to do what, gosh, I've been wanting to do for a long time, but I'm telling you, man, this stuff is like incredibly complicated and not only complicated, but there's so many versions and sides to the same story that I'm not even kidding. It's probably been, well, can you believe it? Yesterday was December 7th. The initial attack on Israel was October 7th. It's been 60 days. God, two months has gone by. I, I literally feel like it was yesterday, Saturday morning, when I got up and turned on the TV and there it was. But we are 60 days removed from that and... It's probably been about 30 days I've been trying to learn everything I can about the beginning of this, and I finally feel like I have a a good enough understanding to to tell a story about it. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about the 1917 Balfour Declaration. We're going to jump into 1948, which is really about Harry Truman. I've played it before, but it'll make more sense now. And then we'll cover the 1967 Arab-Israeli War, which is also known as the Six-Day War. And again, I'm going to be honest, guys. I'm going to—I really have tried to to bring a solid top line and find the best clips and best information that really help tell this story. Otherwise, I mean, this thing could be like a 20-hour mini-documentary that would be so incredibly confusing, but, but I think I have it figured out. I really do. And, you know, ironically, once you, once you sort of storyboard it out, which is hilarious, actually it's not hilarious, but it, it, it really is, is it's calculated, man. It's calculated. Like this stuff didn't happen on accident. And if you think this was, uh, about religion, you're mistaken. This was about money and control. And it's like, that's what everything is about. I'm realizing, I mean, they just disguise it differently. And religion's definitely one of the ways that gets people emotional and gets people to be, you know, blinded by, really the the greed. So let's start out with the 1917 Balfour Declaration. It's 67 words long, it's 100 years old, and it changed the course of history for the Middle East and the Jewish people. The Balfour Declaration, the expression of the British government's support for a Jewish home in Palestine, was sent by British Foreign Secretary Arthur Balfour to the second Lord Rothschild. So really the net of it is the 1917 Balfour Declaration was really 
Britain, okay, spearheading that and sending that letter to Lord Rothschild, who was really kind of like maybe maybe the head of the Jewish people in the world at that time, which actually makes a lot of sense because if you know anything about the Rothschild family or if you've heard that name, it's definitely one of the wealthiest families in the world. And it's been, gosh, probably since 1917 and prior to that as well. But again, in summary, the Balfour Declaration was a public statement. The British government in 1917 during the First World War basically announcing its support for the establishment of a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine, okay? So a national home for the Jewish people in Palestine, which at that time was in the Ottoman region, and there was a small population of Jewish people living there. And from everything I've heard, gosh, the Arabs and the Jews lived, and Christians, (laughs) they lived like brothers in that region. But then obviously, when you talk about, you know, changing the power structure, that's going to cause problems. The idea that the Jewish people should be restored to the Holy Land so that biblical prophecies could be fulfilled had been promoted by some Christians since the 1600s. All right. So I've always wondered, like, why Palestine? Why that area? And... You know, it's all about Jerusalem and it's all about the Holy Land and the birth of Jesus. And that's where that took place. And so anyway, I don't want to get bogged down on that, man. That is a whole different rabbit hole that I don't think we want to go down. Actually, I would love to go down that at some point. I'm trying to actually one thing I am trying to do, and this is going to be super cool if I can make it happen but I am trying to meet with a rabbi, a priest, and a imam. So like somebody to talk about Christianity, somebody to talk about Judaism, and then somebody to talk about Islam. I think that'd be so cool. I'm going to do them separate and then ideally be able to, you know, really just get their perspective on things and not only their perspective on how we should view their religion, but then their perspective on those other religions. Because I'll tell you what, bro, when you start talking to the real religious people, like the ones whose religion is religion, and their religion is not dollar dollar bills and power and greed and money. It's a whole different ballgame. It's a whole different ballgame. And the tolerance level for other religions is much greater than the, the faux religious people who use religion to, as an ends to the means, as a means to the end. I'm sorry. All right, here's the net, net, net on the Balfour Declaration. Basically, Lord Balfour, on behalf of Britain, just gave that area to Lord Rothschild. And again, you know, the arguments are going to be on the Jewish-Israeli side. You know, they're going to say, well, that was our land that was promised to us by God in the Bible. So you have to decide what to think about that. That's a, that's a deep one, man. That's a deep one. But that's, that's what they say. 
That land was promised to them by God in the Bible. And so in 1917, with the Balfour Declaration, it began the process of, I guess, taking God up on that, for lack of a better way of putting it. And on the Arab side, I mean, this is this is where the the fury and resentment starts. It really starts in 1917, okay? So now I'm going to jump to 1948. By 1948, we've been through two wars. World War II ended in 1945. And by the way, I am going to deep shallow dive on World War I and World War II. I don't know. I really don't know much about those two wars. God, did I not pay attention in history class in high school? I guess not. Not enough, that's for sure. But anyway, World War II ends in 45. Obviously, there's the Holocaust that's part of all that. And then in 1948, United States President Harry Truman basically does the... This is kind of like the first major flex like the first major United States flex. That decision to recognize Israel is an easy one. I had to make a compromise with the Arabs and divide Palestine. All right, really quick. We've talked about this. Uh, I've played that before, but now it makes a lot more sense. But again, one of the key things I want to pull out of that is, you know, he's he's referring to Palestine in a way that obviously it's a country. Now, again, there's there's a whole nother debate about, well, it never had a governing body. It never had a, a president, a leader. It was under a British mandate until 1948, which it was, by the way, from 1917 to 1948. It was still under a British mandate, whatever the heck that means. But the way President Truman refers to it, and, you know, most importantly, probably the way the people that lived there felt about it, you know, again, you're talking about land, and so to them, that was their country. Maybe that's a better way to think about it. To them, that was their country, which now 1917 gets affected, and now 1948 gets affected. The Jews wanted to chase all the Arabs into the uh, Tigris and Euphrates River, and the Arabs wanted to chase all the Jews into the Red Sea. And I was trying, what I was trying to do was to find a homeland for the Jews and still be just with the Arabs. So again, another key point to pull out of President Truman's 1948 speech there, you know, he says, I was trying to find a homeland for the Jews and still be just with the Arabs. Okay. So he did find a homeland for the Jews. And again, I don't really know if in 1948 he was just with the Arabs, but I'm going to probably assume not because again... That's why this current situation, which, you know, we all think is like brand new as of October 7th, 2023. But again, this started in 1917 and then it got exasperated in 1948. But when you go into a thing of that kind, the people you help most are the ones that get most angry with you. Both of them were against me on the situation, but as president of the United States, I paid no attention to them, carried out what I thought was right, and I had the support of the Congress, and I could do it, which is unusual in these days. Could you tell us specifically that a lot of Jewish people were against you, too? Oh, well, there were a lot of Jewish people against me because they wanted the whole of Palestine. As I say, they wanted to drive all the Arabs into the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. 
All right, again, you know, he's like the Jewish people were pissed at me because they wanted the whole of Palestine. They wanted to drive the Arabs into the Euphrates River. So again, you know, the most important thing to pull from that is, you know, God, this has been like bad blood for a long time, for 75 years from 1948 and going back 100 years to 1917, 106 years now. If they couldn't have the whole of Palestine and everything handed to them on a silver plate so they wouldn't have to do anything, it couldn't be done. We had to take it in small doses. This is hilarious, although I shouldn't say this is hilarious because this is like a serious topic. But, you know, this is a flex, man. This is like really what I feel like is the first big American, you know, big energy flex where President Harry Truman is just like, you know, the the Jews wanted everything handed to them on a silver platter. The Arabs wanted this. You know, I just told them, hey, I'm going to do whatever I want because I can. You can't move uh, five or six million people out of a country and fill it up with five or six million more and expect both sets of them to be pleased. Forty-nine. But don't think that decision to recognize Israel is an easy one. All right. That, that interview is incredible. That is really incredible. 1948, big flex, Harry S. Truman. I mean, that's a big flex. That's a big flex. And on top of that, the 1917 Balfour Declaration. So here's the takeaway. And seriously, I think I'm going to end it here because, man, this is a lot. And it's Friday and I don't want to overwhelm. And I, I really feel like we simplified this down to two, two dates for now. 1917. 1948. 1917, Britain basically told the Palestinians what's up and kind of to F off a little bit. 1948, the United States, big flex, Harry Truman, he told the Palestinians kind of to F off. So, you know, that's calling a spade a spade, man. That is calling a spade a spade. So when you think about this situation that's happening, there's a lot of history. I mean, literally and figuratively, there's a lot of history to it. There's a lot of bad blood to it. There's a lot of, you know, if you think about it, generation, you know, I use the expression generational hate and we're going to, we're going to leave this here, but you know, it's not a good situation. It's not a good situation because, again, you've got really from 1917. So for the past 106 years, you know, there's drama in that region. And again, I mean, assign blame to whomever you think deserves blame or don't assign blame. That's fine. But, you know, you do have to recognize that this did not come out of nowhere and this did not happen for no reason. Okay. And so we're not even now talking about the way life has been in Gaza, in the West Bank. You know, we've, we've kind of hit on that many times. It's not, it's not, there's not, there's not freedom there for the Palestinians. You know, Gaza is referred to as an open air prison. The West Bank is literally referred to as the occupied West Bank because Israeli settlers have really taken over after that area was supposed to be for Palestine. So that division of land that was supposed to be like, okay, hey, 
uh, Arab Palestinians, you guys get Gaza and you guys get the West Bank and then we get the rest. I mean, gosh, I hope it, I wish it was like that because maybe we wouldn't be in the situation we are now, but it's not like that. It's like, that's what it, that's what it's supposed to look like. And that's what it looks like on paper. But in reality, again, you have the open air prison side in Gaza and you have the occupation that is taking place in the West Bank. And, and those are the facts, man. Those are the facts. That's the reality of it. So, all right. I think that was pretty good, actually. I really do. Man, that's a complicated thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on the Six-Day War from 1967 and then going into other stuff because, again, I feel like this summary of the Balfour Declaration, 1917, as well as then Big Flex, Harry S. Truman, 1948, this gives you guys a solid two dates that you can talk about at Christmas parties this weekend. All right interesting week for me. It really was. It was a very, it was a very introspective week. I'm not going to lie. I did have a challenging couple days. I really did. I really did. I had, I don't know, man. I had a lot of, I just, I don't know. God, I'm like, turn, I'm like turning into that. Why can't we all get along guy? And why can't we all get along? Seriously. There's plenty of, ev- you know what the sad part is? The sad part is there's plenty of everything for everybody. There really is. There's plenty of money. There's plenty of land. There's plenty of resources. And more importantly, there's plenty of love. There's plenty of joy. You know, there's plenty of empathy in this world. But it's like all of that gets covered with a cloud of greed and a cloud of, you know, gluttony. What are those seven sins? I don't really know them because I try not to commit any of them. But greed and gluttony and power and control, you know? Anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. Keep sending me feedback. I'm actually really behind on replying to some of you. I know that. And then... Oh my gosh, I have so many nice notes that I do want to share. I do appreciate all the continued support, and I love waking up to text messages. I really do. So thank you for all my friends that live on the East Coast and Midwest. And yeah, man, that was a rough week. Not going to lie. So let's take it out on a positive note. Let's call a spade a spade. I want you guys to have a wonderful weekend. And, you know, there might be a deep, shallow dive on this guy because... I think there's more to that story. Oh, well, oh, deeply scarred, somebody's broken heart and a washed out dream. They follow the pattern of the wind you see, cause they got no place to be. That's why I'm starting with me. I'm starting with the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his way. And no message could have been any clever. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself, then make a change. This episode was brought to you by Boost Liquid Vitamins. Wake up, take your boost, start your day. Drink your vitamins, build your immune system with Boost. 
available on Boost.com.